Hey there, it's Jamie Scrimger here, and you're listening to the Kick-Ass Stepmom Podcast. I'm a wife, a mom, a stepmom, a coach, a conversation opener, and a BS caller. Eight years ago, I found myself sitting on the bathroom floor, bawling my eyes out, wondering what the heck I was thinking, marrying a man with three kids and an ex-wife. Look, don't get me wrong. I was madly in love. The kids were great. But being a stepmom is, well, it's just complicated. If you know, you know. As a 26-year-old with zero experience in the parenting department, I went to the internet for support. But I was disappointed with what I found. So I decided to create the type of support I was looking for. Raw, real, solution-focused conversations about all things motherhood, stepmotherhood, and living a kick-ass life. Life can be hard, really freaking hard. But it's entirely possible to thrive amongst the tough stuff. Each week, I will bring you tips and strategies and mindset shifts to inspire you to live your own version of a kick-ass life. We'll bring you along as I create my own. Let's do this. Hello, hello. Welcome to the podcast, the Kick-Ass Stepmom podcast, which is not really about being a kick-ass stepmom and more about living a kick-ass life and thriving amongst the extra stress, you know, like being a stepmom. <laughs> you know, I've been thinking about being one of those podcasts that have like a tagline at the very beginning or just like something they always say. And I feel like Maybe that is going to be it for us because, you know, this is about stepmoms. I talk to stepmoms. I support stepmoms. But I think most of what I talk about really is about learning how to thrive amongst tough stuff in life. And it can be applied whether you're a stepmom or not. Anyway, just thinking out loud. This episode is coming at a perfect time. It is the new year. It is super cliche, but it also is super timely. We're talking about decluttering. So Ali Kazaza is today's guest, and she is the decluttering and systems queen. She is the author of Declutter Like a Mother. She has a top charting podcast, life-changing courses, and just basically she helps busy moms simplify everything from home to schedules to business. Now, I have followed Ali for a few years, but recently really dove into her content, and it couldn't have come at a better time. So if you've followed me since the beginning, you know that I am constantly trying to declutter my life. And I have come a long way. Things are definitely better. But about a month before I recorded this episode, I had this moment where I was like, this is not working. I cannot go on like this. And to be honest, throughout like the last year, maybe a year and a half, I've been really struggling with running this platform and being present with the family and growing the podcast and being there for a race. And I've been questioning myself about whether I can do it all. And by that, I mean run the platform, show up as the mom, wife, stepmom, entrepreneur, friend, sister, cousin, niece, daughter, all the things that I want to be. And Darren and I have had a lot of conversations about me going back and not working and just being a stay-at-home mom. And I don't say just, but that would be just what I focus on, just focusing on the house and the kids. But in all of these conversations, he just kept saying to me, I don't think you're going to be happy doing that. I think you need something more. I think you love what you're doing. You're just really overwhelmed. And I know he's right. I was just feeling so heavy. Because I do think I can be all the things I want to be, but I know that things need to change in order to make that happen. And Ali is definitely someone who I look up to in this area because she has shown that it does not need to feel this hard. Ali has next level systems and perspectives about decluttering that are really well thought out and won't leave you feeling like a shit show a month after doing the big declutter. Like this is life changing stuff. 
And I'm just really excited to share this conversation with you because I know if I'm feeling this way, you guys are feeling this way too, or some of you guys are feeling, maybe some of you have it all together. I don't know. But I think most of us are on the struggle bus more often than not. Anyway, this is where my head is at going into 2022. I'm feeling super inspired, ready to declutter. I've been listening to Allie's books, decluttering like a mother, implementing more automation and delegating in my life. And I feel really good about the progress that I've made, and I just can't wait to share the whole journey with you. So more on that in the episode, excited for you to hear the conversation and even more excited to hear what hits home for you after the episode. So feel free to come find us on Instagram at Jamie Scrimger and at Allie underscored. That's me. We can't wait to hear your take-homes. And as always, if you know someone who would benefit from this episode, send it their way. Those shares mean so much to me. It helps the podcast grow and helps us keep getting these kick-ass guests on the show. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Let's dive in. Allie, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm super excited to talk with you. Well, I am super excited to talk to you. First, because I think my community is going to benefit from this. But on a selfish reason, I'm on a decluttering mission. So I'm like, I am so excited to dive into this with you today. I guess to start, can you give us a little bit of an introduction on who you are and kind of how you started to do this work? Because it's so amazing. So yeah, I'm Allie. I have four kids. My oldest is 12. And then I have, she's my only girl. And then I have boys that are 10, 9, and 7. I've been married to my husband, Brian, for about 14 years. And on the business side, my business is online and it's all about empowering women to really just simplify everything that's making them heavy. I think we expect hardship and allow things to be so complicated and so much harder than they really need to be. But really just looking at how can we make things easier? How can we allow ease and flow and make things better, lighter, simpler in the day-to-day so that, you know, when life does happen and it is hard and there is, you know, kind of just everything happening all at once, you're able to handle those things because your business is simplified. Your home is working for you, not against you. Your calendar feels good to you. The things that we can't control. And I do that through programs and courses and coaching and all of that good stuff. And I've been doing this as a business for about six years and just online in general for a little over a decade now. Wow. And how did you start doing this? Because I always feel like we end up teaching what we need. Yeah, exactly. And I think too, like every mission that you can, when you can tell someone's like really on fire for what they're doing, it comes from a really hard story. And that's definitely the case for me. So the short version is about nine, 10 years ago, I had three babies under three and I was obviously in a very overwhelming time of my life. And I started to like read books and look online and watch like YouTube videos and just try to like get help for the season I was in. And what was hard about it was the message everywhere online, in books, in real life from, you know, women that were like ahead of me in motherhood really just seemed to be like, yeah, this is motherhood, like welcome to the club. And oh my gosh, you think it's hard now? Just wait till they're teenagers and you just need to get organized. And I would get organized and it would come apart in two seconds because I had little kids and like, I'm not sitting there maintaining labels with my label maker. Like I'm trying to get through the day and just the tips were lame. 
they didn't help. They didn't move the needle forward for me at all. No one was getting into the nitty gritty of it. It just felt very vanilla and useless. And then the messaging was very hopeless. It just was like, not only is it hard, it's supposed to be hard. You're kind of an idiot for thinking it wouldn't be, and it's going to get even worse. That made me depressed. Every day I woke up just feeling like dread instead of excitement. And I just had resentment. I feel like no one admits to this, but I had resentment toward my kids. And they were so little. And I knew, like cognitively, I knew I want to enjoy them. I should be enjoying them. This is not what I want. It's not their fault. But unconsciously, I had all this stuff just swirling around in my brain, like making me so low and so heavy. I wanted out of that. And I really just decided that I was going to figure it out and I was going to find a way. And if there were no books about this, I would write one one day and I would just figure this out. And I started my blog and just started to just share. Like I was kind of just throwing noodles at the wall to see what would stick. And one day I had just really had it with my house. And I was like, well, I'm struggling to get to the bottom of what's going on inside of me. But I think I know what's at the bottom of what's around me. So I'm just going to start there with like the physical space. And I just decluttered everything that we didn't like need to live or didn't like really like make me so happy or didn't align with the kind of childhood I wanted my kids to have. So toys that just like did all the imagining for them were super loud and annoying. I threw them in a trash bag, gave them to Goodwill, like just got everything out. And I didn't know it then, but what was happening was I was aligning my physical environment with how I wanted to feel. And that's very therapeutic and it does leak over into everything else. And so that move really just changed my life. And I was sharing it online. And here we are today, you know, the years later. I love that. That resonates with me so much because that's how I started my stepmom platform, right? Mm. I was disappointed with the type of support. I was disappointed with the messaging out there for stepmoms. Such a small and like ridiculously lame amount of support for stepmothers. It's yes. honestly embarrassing. It's super sad. No, for sure. But that's the best women-driven businesses too. The yeah. ones that you're pissed and you're on a mission. <laughs> yeah, for it's sure. So I good. love that. Now, you wrote something, which says, if I was going to clean something up, it was going to be something that provided value to our lives. Can you unpack that for me? And you kind of touched on it a bit, but I, I love that. I think a part of motherhood is we are cleaning stuff up, right? We're, the, yeah. we're typically the ones who are you know doing the tidying at the end of the day or doing whatever. But you can be selective in what you have to tidy. And I really, I really loved that. Yeah, for sure. So I just noticed like, in that time that I was describing where I was really in a bad place, I was absolutely depressed. I just was struggling so bad. I tried to just stay present and I like learned about mindfulness and mindfulness is really about like literally being in the moment that you're in. And as mm -hmm. I was doing that and learning about that and practicing that, I just started to be more aware of what I was actually doing during the day. And I would like notice like, okay, I'm, I, you know, when you're depressed, you're like one step at a time. So I'm going to get this living room just a little bit picked up. And I would go and I would like pick up the things that were on the floor and like being mindful. I would like notice what they were. And I just started to notice over and over again, the things that I'm touching and finding a home for and dusting and putting away and cleaning up 
I didn't even know we had this. Like, what is this? A McDonald's toy from like five years ago? Why is this even here? Just random or like, why is this sweater of mine on the floor when I like don't even like it? Why do I keep wearing that? I just was annoyed because it was like, I'm barely making it here. I'm trying to be present for my kids, trying to learn how to be a mom because all my kids were born very back to back to back and just trying to do a good job. And then there's just this this crap taking up my space and taking my time and I like don't even want it or like it. Like what is happening? And you have to think too, this was so long ago. Like there was no minimalism trend. There were no documentaries or best-selling books on the topic. Like I didn't know about minimalism or anything like that. I just was aware that awareness was the first step to change, which I think is always the truth for any journey. I became aware of what a waste it was. And so really like through the years and through the journey, I've come to see that, you know, things are great. Things are beautiful. I love interior design. I love having things in my space. I love shopping for things that are going to make me feel really good, are going to support my body where it's at, support my home in the way I want it to feel. But it has to be worthy of that. And if it's not worthy of the space and the dusting and the maintenance, then I don't want it here. It shouldn't be here because then that's how you get a house that's, you know, like I always say, working against you instead of working with you and for you. Yeah, I love that. And how did your kids react when you got rid of all the stuff, right? Because you you got rid of a lot of toys. Yeah, I, I started with the toys just because it was like, it was like the dining room, but it wasn't for us. It was the kids play area. And so you could see it from the entryway, from the kitchen, from the family room, like from the top of the stairs, like you could see it from every point in the house pretty much. And it was just like ridiculous. Like the first, you know, grandkids on both sides, everyone just gave them so much and it was, you know, so generous and kind, but it really just caused this huge problem. They would go in there and just like dump everything out looking for their favorite thing and come out two seconds later, like bored and done. So it was just like, this isn't even doing anything. So i kind of was like, well, the worst thing that could happen is that I go in there and I declutter this and then it's horrible and they're crying and they're upset. I hadn't taken anything away yet. It was like in bags in the garage, but I just mm-hmm. figured like, let's just try and see what happens. And then at the time I oldest was like three and a half or almost four or something like that. So she was super young. So she was really the one that would have freaked out the, uh, you know, my son was like a little toddler and my, and then I had like a baby. So the older two toddled in there and my daughter was like, mom, you cleaned. And I've been looking for this and like grabbed like her favorite little, she was super into unicorns at the time and started playing with it and making up stories and put on her dress up stuff. Cause I had organized like her dress up clothes on like a little rack so she could pull them down and, you know, be a princess or whatever she wanted that day. And they played in there for a couple of hours, which is astronomical for that age. I mean, even like developmentally, it says it speaks volumes. And now I I didn't know at the time, but now I know that my job is to like keep up on studies with this stuff. And there's study after study after study that shows that kids just do not do well with too many options. They need simplicity. You know how they tell you as a parent, like, okay, like say you could have the chicken nuggets or you could have the chicken strips, like, but don't be like, which thing do you want out of a hundred or 10 things on the menu? You know what I mean? They do better with less options. And so basically my kids were just super overstimulated when they walked into that room before and they just couldn't, they didn't want to be in there. I was turning off their natural ability to play by having so much junk everywhere and so many options. So when I eliminated that 
it was like I turned on their natural ability to play and their imaginations like started blooming. They were playing for longer stretches of time. I was having a hot cup of coffee for the first time in years. Like it, they did great with it. There was literally not a single complaint. I I know that's like not everyone's experience, but it was definitely mine. It was definitely really good. And I think it was a benefit that they were so little too. No, I love hearing that. It's like making me think about my daughter's room upstairs. Like there's some things I could definitely get rid of up there. So what if you have a spouse who isn't so into the declutter? Like my husband will be like, well, what if we need that in five years? Or what if my grandkids want to play with that and that kind of stuff? And do you have any resources or any support for people who deal with that? Yeah. That's how we were too. Like I've shared a lot about my husband, Brian, and even had him like come and speak into my courses and stuff because he was like that for a while. We lived that way for definitely at least a couple of years before he kind of like came around and was like, okay, I see this. And now he's like stricter than I am for sure. He has like a capsule wardrobe and I have the opposite of a capsule wardrobe. <laughs> but That's so funny. is it really worth holding on that stuff, taking up your space and and taking up like the square footage you're paying for. Like if you had less things and you didn't use your attic or your basement or whatever to store stuff for your grandkids one day, like it could be a, an extra play area. It could be a recording studio. It could just be a space for your kids to go and like have a secret like Nancy Drew style like hideout where they can like play and build forts. Like that square footage that you're paying for. Some people, they do want to use it to store things and that's important to them. Okay, but just make sure you're kind of checking in with if it's pulling from you, if it's pulling from your space, even on just a subconscious mind level, there's so many studies that just show knowing that there's something like that somewhere, tucked away somewhere is affecting you negatively. And also I think like for the spouse thing, if it's not affecting him, but it's affecting you for you to like speak what's true for you and have your boundaries and like come to a compromise, which is what my husband and I did for the first couple of years before he, you know, became more minimal and was like, okay, this is literally taking, like it's costing us like money and time. I'm, I'm not cool with that anymore. You know, we had come to our own compromise and you can take this space and have whatever you want and I won't touch it, won't purge it. If I find something of yours, I'll put it there. You know, we lived like that for a while. And I think too, like you can't expect him or anyone to like get on the same page as you at the same time as you. We would be upset if they were doing that to us. So I 100%. think it's about like, talk to them. Tell them what you're learning. Tell them about about the studies and the books you're reading and, you know, this conversation and what you're learning and like the effects on everyone. And wouldn't it be so cool if we just didn't need the garage? We turned it into like a rock climbing station for the kids when it's winter. Like, you know what I mean? Like dream and just talk and have those conversations. And at the same time, like let them be who they are. There are worse things that a husband could do than like want to hold on to something for your future. Yeah, no, that's totally true. Or, you know, sometimes I just get rid of it and hope they don't own us. <laughs> just joking. Yeah. And I think, like, what if we need this later is such a scarcity thing. It's yeah. such a fear. Like, I bet you there's something in his past where he didn't have options or someone didn't have options and told him about it or in mm-hmm. some way, shape, or form, there was some kind of scarcity or lack. And so that's just the subconscious mind doing its job, you know, protecting him. But you can, he can still choose to like release that and be free from that. It's just like his journey. Yeah, no, for sure. I just recently cleaned out our closet and just kind of went through everything. And it is so crazy how much time we're saving in the morning, 
right? Just even trying to figure out what you're going to wear or finding matching socks. Like when you actually have matching socks in your drawer because they're not like hidden underneath like a bunch of t-shirts and like underwear you haven't worn in like, you know, since your mm-hmm. early twenties, like we don't wear the same underwear anymore. Like why are, like, I know I don't like, why yeah, are we no. <laughs> keeping those underwear that we have definitely not worn in forever? So yeah, it was definitely so freeing for me. A couple weeks back, I was having a day. Life, business, family, it was one thing after another. It was actually one of those days where you're like, is this real life? Like what else could go wrong? Four o'clock could not come soon enough. When I wrapped up work, I noticed there was a package on my doorstep. It was a bamboo jogger set from Cozy Earth. I immediately went upstairs and changed into it and it literally changed how I was feeling. It is made from the softest fabric ever. In fact, I now need this sweatsuit in more colors because I have been wearing it every evening since. At the end of a long day, I love getting all cozy and comfortable, throwing my hair up in a top knot and just chilling with the fam. This sweatsuit is my new uniform for doing just that. Now here is the deal on Cozy Earth. Their bamboo joggers and crew are made with the softest, temperature-regulated fabric. They're certified free of harmful chemicals. They won't pill and they wash up great. They also have other products like t-shirts and PJs and sheets. Cozy Earth is an amazing way to up-level your cozy nights and your sleep. And of course, I have a discount code for you. So JamieS45 gives you 45% off your order, which is the highest code they will be offering this holiday season. I cannot recommend these enough. So I have the black in medium and the light gray are in my cart www.cozyearth.com and use the code JamieS45 for 45% off your order. Enjoy. This episode is sponsored by Stepmom Magazine. Guys, Stepmom Magazine is probably one of the only Stepmom resources that I check out on a regular basis. It is an online magazine with articles from all the top step parenting experts on all things Stepmom life. If you've been through it, Stepmom Magazine has covered it. The articles inside Stepmom Magazine are written by a hand-selected team of experts. Contributors are licensed therapists and published authors and step-family professionals who just get it. Stepmom Magazine also has eBooks that you can download if you're struggling with a particular issue such as disengaging or dealing with the ex or having an R's baby and more. It is a super cost-effective way to get support and most importantly, reassurance that you're not alone. It is such a great feeling when you get the monthly email letting you know that the monthly edition is ready. The articles are always so timely. To subscribe, head to www.stepmommagazine.com and use the code JAMIE20 to save 20%. Again, that's www.stepmommagazine.com and use the code JAMIE20 for 20% off. When you talk about systems in your home, I know you've implemented a bunch of different systems so that your home is working for you and not against you. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, for sure. So this is so layered and I love talking about this. I'll just give like some examples. There's a section in my book where I talk about looking for the gaps in your home. And like, that means where something is just not connecting, right? It's just not working. So an example of that might be um, maybe in your entryway, there's a section, there's like a table for decoration, but everyone's crap just gets set on it, 
you know, every time someone comes home or that's, it's got marks on the top of it because people keep setting their keys there, even though you don't want them to set their keys there, whatever it is. It could be stuff piled by the bottom of the stairs that goes upstairs, but everyone's too lazy to go upstairs when they're done using the thing downstairs, just things like that. Where are the gaps? Looking for those things and then like building a bridge for that gap. So that's like a very like practical system where I talk about like we had moved into our first two-story home. We had always lived in one stories. And we like years ago moved into our first two-story and that was a problem, the bottom of the stairs thing. People would bring their thing downstairs. The kids wanted to be near us. So they'd bring their things downstairs and then just leave it out or it'd get thrown by the stairs. And I actually broke my ankle on the stairs because of someone leaving something out on this bottom of the stairs. And I was like, that's it. Like, I'm so <laughs> mad. But so I literally, it's like the simplest things. It's just, we're, we're not thinking about things like this because we're going from one thing to the next all day. So I literally just like went to Target and got this like cute basket that matched my decor with a lid and set it against the wall at the bottom of the stairs and implemented like, okay, this is where things go if it needs to go upstairs. If anyone leaves anything out or next to the basket or on top of the basket or on the stairs, like you owe me a dollar for each thing. And I put a little paper, like I had my daughter and son make it. There was like a chart and it was like keeping track. And if they didn't have any money at the time, it was game time, 30 minutes of tech time taken away. And I, and we all agreed on it. I wasn't like, you know, being crazy about it. It was, I like talked to my family about it and was like, this is a problem. How can we do this? And everyone agreed like, yeah, we'll you know take away a dollar, take away 30 minutes, 15 minutes of game time or whatever it was. And so we had the little chart and I just followed up someone, you know, Leland would leave his jacket on the stairs. You owe me a dollar. And after about a month, it's set in and everyone uses the stairs basket. And then at the end of the day, it's just part of our nightly rhythms, which is another system that we could talk about. My husband takes the basket up and my nine-year-old unpacks the basket and puts everything where it goes upstairs and brings the empty basket down for the next day. And sometimes we miss and who cares? Like maybe it's a week instead of every day. Like it just doesn't matter. But the point is like I found a gap and I bridged it. And then another gap was our pantry was really small in my house and we have a big family and we go to Costco. So we used like the closet that was behind the kitchen and added shelves to add a second pantry and put all of our Costco stuff in there. Like where are things getting set down? Where are things getting left out on a practical level? And then like time-wise, there's so many things I could say with that too. Like maybe there's a really crappy time of day for your family. Everyone's tense. You notice the kids are always bickering. You're super done. For me, it's like, three to six. It's just not my favorite time of day. Dinner has to be made. Sometimes we have baseball. We're done with the school day, but like, I'm just sick of everybody. And I just like want to do nothing, but I really can't. So create some peace, like light some incense, burn, you know, diffuse some essential oils, burn a candle, put on some music, put on something calming. Like we started doing a family, like five minute meditation at three 30 every day. And it just really helps. Even if the kids are silly and they're not really doing it, it's just like the ritual have, you know, the crock pot already had dinner done. So you don't have to do it every night. Have a night that you do crock pot, a night you order out, you know, a night that your husband cooks and then the other nights you cook. So that's way less cooking than every single night. Like how can you look at what the problem is? And instead of just dealing with it and being so reactive in your life all the time, take a step back at an aerial perspective and look at what is just consistently a problem and then create a solution for yourself and a system. It just can just be really easy. It can become a habit. It doesn't have to be complicated or Pinterest perfect, but it's just creating lightness. So we're just not 
thinking about things that way. We just keep going because it's normal to have, you know, kind of a shitty time around three o'clock. It's normal to have, you know, crap at the bottom of your stairs. It's just normal because it's always been that way. But is it working for you? If not, it doesn't have to be that way anymore. Mm -hmm. What's your suggestion for the counter? Everyone dumps stuff on the island. Mm -hmm. That drives me. Totally. Okay. So yeah, I have a basket. We're going to redo our kitchen and I'm literally going to put in this like shelf nook underneath the island so I can have a basket there. But right now I legit, it's just on top of the counter in the corner and it's cute. I don't care. I'd rather have a cute basket on the island than a bunch of crap. Yeah, no, for sure. I definitely have a bunch of crap. When we redo it, I'm literally making like a shelf, like a nook for that because no one is thinking about that. No one's redoing their kitchen thinking about like, what are the gaps? How can I bridge them? Like in terms of how your people set things down, they're thinking about it in terms of like, well, I love to bake, so I want this. But like, what about the way that people always set things down in the kitchen that are not kitchen things? (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. I want my kitchen to support me and it can do that before we renovate, like go in and just think, do I need to put a key tray? Do I need to put like a something on the wall when you walk in where people just set their wallets and keys so they're not even bringing it into the kitchen or, you know, install a bookcase, like do something. It doesn't have to be perfect. doesn't have to be pretty. I want my stuff to be pretty, but maybe you don't care. No, <laughs> no I, definitely, I definitely like things to be pretty. <laughs> yeah. It's got to be like pretty and functional. And so like spend some time, like I'll like pour a glass of wine, turn on Netflix and like just shop on my phone for like you know, what's like the cutest basket I could find. I just want it to like, it's supposed to make me happy. It's supposed to make things easier. So I want it to look good and I want it to be practical. And then the thing with that is it's so much easier and also so much more like comfortable for your family and less tense. You don't want to be like a nag if you are not changing their habits, but supporting how they use the house. Instead of freaking out and yelling that they set things on the counter when you've said it a million times not to, put something on the counter for them to set the things in. So much easier that way. Yeah, that is so good. That's key. Now, I know you're big into delegating, which I love. Can you share a little bit about how you run your home in terms of delegation? Because, you know, I feel like as moms, and I know you agree with this, it's like there's this mentality that we need to do it all and we need to do it all well. We have the successful business or have the job or show up as the mom at the pizza lunch with like the beautiful cupcakes and, you know, have the great birthday party and the clean house. And like, there's just, even as far as we've come, there's so much freaking pressure. There really is. Yeah. I love this question. I'm going to like brainstorm off the top of my head of like a list of some of the things that I've done. And I like that you brought up like the cupcakes thing. There's one right there. I cannot even tell you the last time I made something like that. Mm -hmm. I used to. And I also had adrenal fatigue and depression and was yelling at my kids the whole time. But the cupcakes were homemade. Like (laughs) it wasn't worth it. You know what I mean? Like I – I'm just so over it. I don't care anymore. I don't disregard myself anymore. I don't prioritize what people think about me above how I feel about myself. And that's really what we're doing when we're pushing ourselves too hard. So delegate everything. I Instacart the, you know, grocery store made cupcakes for the for the baseball party. Mm-hmm. There, there you they go. do a great job. Like there are people they who are really good job. at that. There you go. Delegate it. Yeah. And not only delegating the cupcakes, delegate getting the cupcakes to Instacart. <laughs> like how, like I'm always thinking like, how could I support myself even further? 
And literally, I was just talking in one of my paid communities about this. Like, how could I create more luxury in my life for myself? That's luxurious. To know that, like, your kid has a mom that loves him and is providing cupcakes and not making them, she's going to be in a great mood. I'm going to be in a great mood. Like, it's going to be a better day because I didn't make the freaking cupcakes. Maybe there'll be a season where I can make the cupcakes, but it's not right now, and I'm good with that. Little things like a robovac on oh. a timer that just goes like three times a day. We got pets. We've got kids. We homeschool. Our kids are always here. Like it needs to go three times a day. We have it set up on the little map and he just goes and does his thing. That's delegating. I'm getting this new dishwasher that you can like that will auto run. So I don't have to think about it. Like just when I, it'll just run at night. I'm so excited. Like delegating. Just how can you set things on timers? Even like delegating, even putting something in your phone as a timer, as a reminder, that's still delegating because you're not expecting yourself to remember something. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So there's like little baby ways of delegating. And then there's like levels where you could go up to like getting a new dishwasher that auto runs, getting the RoboVac that has a map of your house and just goes. There's apps like Thumbtack and TaskRabbit where you can literally go on an app and get someone to run errands for you. You can get someone to come and like break down all your boxes and take them to the dump when it's not trash day so that that junk out there from all the Amazon orders for Christmas is like cleared out of your way. Like just little things that we just, they stack and they stack and they stack. And every time you walk outside, you see that list of to-dos that you just haven't gotten to. Every time you go in your kitchen, you see that big pile of mail that you haven't gotten to because you've been doing other things that you could have delegated. So it's just about looking around and thinking like, what do I necessarily not have to do? You could delegate meals. There's meal planning services. There's meal delivery services. I have a like a vegan meal delivery service called Sakara. Oh, I've heard great things about that. It's amazing. I, my skin is amazing now. Like my gut health is so much better from eating that. So I get Sakara delivered five days a week for me and my husband. And then my daughter is 12 and she like makes dinner for her and her brothers at night. Super simple. Just like little healthy pastas and broccoli and things like that. Then they do the dishes. Eventually you can delegate to your freaking kids. <laughs> And that's amazing. <laughs> like yeah. it, it's just about where are you in life? What season of motherhood are you in? What's on the table for you? And what are you not? You know, some things you're just not there yet. If your kids are not old enough to do those things. You're just not there yet. But what could you do? Could you hire a mommy's helper, like a young, a late high school or early college girl that just wants to make some extra cash to just come and like clean up for you at the end of the night while you read to your kids or go for a walk or go out to ice cream or get away from your family and just go for a drive by yourself? Like, can you yeah. hire someone to tutor the kids instead of you helping with homework every night? That doesn't make you a bad mom. It makes you an amazing, mentally available, emotionally ready human being to show up for the people in your life. So I think it's about just thinking about it like that. Every task you do, do you have to be doing this? And I also want to say too, really quickly, I think it's not even a lack of not knowing how to delegate or what to delegate. Most of the time, it's a resistance to the idea of delegating because women hold on to the overwhelm as almost like a badge of honor or like kind of wear it as a mask. Like it's safe to be overwhelmed. They're comfortable with overwhelm and they don't know who they would be without it. That's like deep mindset work, you know? Yeah. And it doesn't have to feel this way. I've been thinking about that a lot with me lately because I have, you know, my business, my husband has a super demanding job. We have you no know, kids and I feel like I can't, can't get ahead. Right. And even though I keep delegating and keep putting systems in place and that kind of stuff, you still feel that heaviness. It's like, you don't have to do it all. 
And it is really this mindset that you need to get into that place where you're like, yeah, it's not all on me. And it's so hard because I'm someone who preaches that to people all the time, but yet here I still find myself feeling so heavy. So it is, I I do want to be clear with people, like this is this work in progress. I have been working on delegating my life for ever. (laughs) Like I'm always talking about delegating and decluttering and like all of those things, but it is something that happens over time. And I like how you said it's in layers, right? Like start with one thing that feels heavy. And if you don't have the budget to hire a babysitter, like again, use your kids or trade tasks. But I do think that people need to recognize that time is money and you can invest in yourself, right? Just because you can do something doesn't mean you should. Because I can hear people saying, well, why wouldn't I be the one to break my cardboard down? Like, why would I have someone else do that? It's about your energy too. Like your time is your money and your time is your energy. And so you're literally choosing to break down the boxes instead of pouring into yourself, doing the kids homework with them, just hanging out with them. The peace of mind that, that makes you such a better parent. And you're choosing to not. You're choosing to break down the boxes when someone else could have clearly done that for like 10 bucks. And I think too, when you're talking about budget, I think that automation is a form of delegation because you're kind of like you're delegating things to yourself, but you're rhythmatizing it so that you're removing the mental to-do list. You know where it's like you're very reactive, like, oh crap, we're out of milk. I got to go to the grocery store. Shoot, we don't have any clean underwear for this week. Oh, the boy's uniform isn't ready and we have soccer tonight. That's very reactive living. When you create automation, all of that literally disappears and you literally don't have to think about the laundry because you have it in a rhythm. You don't have to think about the vacuuming or the cleaning because you have it in a rhythm. You're still doing it all and it's not costing you any money, but you have things in an automated rhythm without a rigid routine that doesn't feel good. doesn't allow you, you know, to be spontaneous if you want. Everything's always getting done. You don't have to worry about it. And it's very flexible if, you know, life happens. Um, And that's a big part of what I teach in Unburdened is this rhythmatizing, automating. So, like, you can delegate to yourself. You don't have to have money. You just have to be creative and willing to try things a different way and allow it to be easier. What does that look like? So – I'm going to give like a very surface because it's like hours and hours and I'm obsessed. I like nerd out over this. (laughs) But let's start with a little piece. I talk about rhythms. So rhythms are things that need to get done all the time. Like you have to have clean clothes for your family. You have to have clean dishes to eat off of. You have to have food to put on the dishes. You know, there's things in your house that like it might not be immaculate, but like it's picked up and you feel good about it. Those kinds of things you could set into rhythms. And I don't like routines. I can't have someone tell me like Wednesdays, you're going to do the kitchen and the bathrooms and you're going to vacuum downstairs every Wednesday. Because what if like I want to be spontaneous and like go to Disneyland? Like, I don't know. I What if I don't want to do that that day? And then everything falls apart if you don't do it every day with routines. But with rhythms, it's attached to what I call anchors, which is things that you're always doing no matter what. If you're going to Disneyland, you're still going to wake up you're still going to have your morning coffee. You're still going to like go to the bathroom at some point. You're still going to probably come home and go to bed. You know what I mean? And so attaching the rhythm to an anchor. So for example, every day when I'm going to bed, I put in a load of laundry. Every morning when I wake up, I hit the espresso machine to start getting ready to steam the milk. 
and I go downstairs and I switch the laundry. Every day after lunch, I finish that load, fold it, and have the kids put it away. So those are rhythms and they're attached to anchors. The anchor is going to bed. The rhythm is putting the laundry in. The anchor is starting my coffee uh, or my matcha. And the rhythm is switching the load. The anchor is we have lunch every day. The rhythm is I've finished that load. And you can do this with anything. Like I teach this for like everything. If you want to work out all the time, if you want to make sure you don't forget important things for your kids' lunches, like you could do this with literally anything. And it's so freeing because the only time you won't be doing it is the specialty times. Like you're on vacation, you're gone. Obviously, you're not going to be running your house then. So, But it's not like every Thursday you have to do this list of things. Like the things are getting done attached to things you're always going to be doing no matter what you did in the middle of the day. It's about freeing up that middle chunk of the day because usually I am homeschooling and running my company, but some days I'm not. Some days I just feel like going for a really long hike and going out to lunch and not doing anything or taking a nap. <laughs> and I don't want to feel like, oh my gosh, like, oh my, I didn't get any of my stuff down. We don't have the, the boys' uniform isn't washed and we have baseball tomorrow. Like, I don't want to be dealing with that. So the mental space that automation creates, it's so incredibly valuable. I don't have to think about those things at all. That's so good. So you have a course all on this stuff, right? So yeah. So the way that I do things is like my method, it's like we start with the physical environment and then we go into like your whole life. And then it ends with like, if you are a person that has a business, like that's like the last thing. So we're simplifying and like automating and like releasing pressure from every single thing in your life. And unburdened is the program that's like life stuff. So like how your home is running how you're doing. Um, We deal with like heavy inner stuff, like how I was mentioning that mindset. You can't create ease in your life if you're comfortable with chaos, if that's all you've known, if you are unconsciously using it as an excuse with your partner for them to validate you and think that like you're doing a, you're working hard enough, like a good job. You know what I mean? We will resist ease. You'll resist rhythms and delegation because it makes things too easy. And who are you if you're not consistently overwhelmed? What will your partner think if you're not run ragged? He won't think that you're worthy enough or everyone has different things. So we're dealing with all of that like inner junk and boundaries. And it's about how your life feels. And then there is a huge section on home and automation and delegation and like creating systems that feel lighter. And then like for every budget and every personality. So good. I'm going to link it for everyone. This is so amazing. I want to know though, how you've delegated your business. Obviously, that's loaded. There's a whole section of the course, but can you share a little bit? That's super exciting. I'm doing a little bit of that right now because I want to be at home and available to my family so much more. And I just feel like I'm either on my game with business or on my game with motherhood, but I'm always dropping a ball somewhere. And that's where automation will come in for sure. And like delegating, I'm going to just answer your question, but keep in mind that like I've been in business for six years, the money that I'm making, the the level of impact, the level of reach that I worked hard to get to has already happened. So consider where I'm at and then we can like break it down like at different periods of my business if you want and it help like everyone at every level right now. Pretty much everything is delegated. The only thing I do are things that have to be like my face, my voice. Like doing this, I love this. Doing interviews Mm -hmm. is my favorite thing. I love coming on other people's shows, reaching other women with my message and like making friends like this. And then like my podcast, creating my courses, 
I'm the big picture person. I'm the creative, the visionary. Like I decide and create what we're going to do. And then Amy on my team is my integrator. She'll take it. She's very the opposite of me. Detail oriented. She'll ask questions and I'm like, oh, I didn't even think about that. I just want it to feel like this. She's <laughs> yeah. like, okay, I'll make the decision. I'm like, feel, I just hired feel. an integrator. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just hired someone like that and they ask the questions <laughs> and you're just like, I don't know, just do it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. She'll break it down and then she'll also break it down into like, what do I need to do to make this happen? Because I just can't handle that. She'll break it down in my asana for me and be like, okay, like by this date, you need to do, you know, this record this mid roll or record this video or whatever. I used to do graphic design. I used to do Pinterest. I used to do showing up. I used to create the challenges and break it all down and then do the challenges and then do the launch and then be doing customer service behind the scenes. Like I, it was exhausting. And now like, I literally don't do anything that doesn't, if it comes from my mind, because it's my business I obviously am creating that. And then I'm just doing the parts that are like, I'm the one that needs to coach these women. I'm Ali Casaza. Like Amy can't go on the purpose show and record an episode. So I do that, but she can make sure it's getting edited. She can proof listen to it and make sure that like everything I'm saying is resonating and feels good. She can make sure the transcriptionist is, you know, transcribing the episode and she can make sure it goes up as a blog post for SEO, like she's overseeing, making sure that we have tons of other team members that are doing all the little things. Yeah. So basically in your business and in your life, if you don't have to do it, you're not doing it. Yes. Or if I don't want to do it. Yeah. That's the goal. Like queen vibes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And do you, (laughs) what do you say to someone who struggles with that mindset? Who's like, well, who am I to have that mentality? Like I can do it. I should be doing this. Yeah. I say, who are you to not? When I'm like this, do you know how available I am for myself to have a crisis and need to think and have some space for a second? Do you know how available I am for my husband? Like just yesterday, he had just had a really, really hard situation come up that was very triggering for him. And I was literally able in a, in a launch to drop everything and spend the day with him and just talk with him and go for a walk with him and make him food and just be there with him. I know it's being handled by someone else. And if they need me, I can work from my phone and answer questions, but I don't have to be doing everything. It doesn't make me any more worthy of wealth and success and enjoyment if I'm running myself into the ground. It makes me exhausted. It makes me a nagging wife. It makes me an unavailable mom. It makes me have adrenal fatigue. I've been there. It it makes me sick. It makes my PCOS flare up and makes me so physically ill. I'm not available for that. That life is too short. And also when you're living in that like higher level, you know, you're being the queen of your life, you're creating jobs. These other women, they're all moms. We have single moms. We have married moms. We have dads on the team. Like they are so happy. They want more hours. They don't want, they're always like, please let me know if there's ever a problem. Like, I don't want to lose my work with you. I love working for you. I love that I can be home with my kids. Like who am I to think that I have to prove something to I don't know, whoever, and work myself into the ground and take jobs away from other people. Like Mm -hmm. I want my business to be a a beacon of abundance. And that means creating wealth for other people, creating jobs for other people. If I'm creating wealth for myself, then I can give abundantly to, to causes that are changing the world. And if I'm working and thinking that I have to prove something, that comes from scarcity. So if that energy is in my business, it's going to show up financially. 
So by doing everything myself, running myself ragged, working myself to the bone, I'm literally bringing in lack into my business. And that is extremely irresponsible of me to do with the mission that I am here to complete. Wow. So good, Allie. If someone wants to work with you, someone wants to get in touch with your resources, where can they find you? My website's being redone right now, but I would still send you there. You can always like send me a DM on Instagram if you are having a hard time finding something. But there's a business course, there's the lifestyle course, there's the home course, like everything is available for you. You're so supported. I'm literally here breathing because I'm here to support you. So if there's something that feels heavy, it just doesn't need to feel that way. Go and look at alexasa.com or find me. Just search alexasa on Instagram and um, DM me and we'll figure it out together. So good. And you have a book. Yes. And I have the book. The book. Okay. The book is the best start. Like if you want to understand my method and you're like, you want to know where to begin, start with the book because I'll have you start with home anyway, unless you're like, no, I need like, I need to grow my business and I want it to feel easy and light. If it's not business, it's like your life, your home, like all the mom stuff, start with the book. Cause it's like 20 bucks and it's literally the most recent current in-depth, easy to consume method explanation. Mm-hmm. So good. Well, thank you so much for taking time today. I loved chatting with you. And you know, what? I'm going to check out these courses because I feel like yes. I've talked about this going into the new year. Obviously, like everyone, it sounds very cliche, but I just want to set myself up to feel even lighter. This was perfect timing. Good. I'm so glad. And again, like I just appreciate you inviting me on. I know what it takes to build a platform people are actually listening to. So thank you for letting me take up some space on it. I appreciate that. Thanks, Allie. Thanks so much for tuning in. You guys know the drill. If this resonated, share it with someone who you think will love it too. And if you haven't already, I would be forever grateful if you could head on over to iTunes and give the show a rating and a review. And if you're craving more stepmom content, want to connect with me and stepmoms from all over the world and get access to exclusive content with all my favorite experts, be sure to check out the exclusive stepmom community, www.jamieskimger.com forward slash membership. Members also get access to my online magazine and can listen in on coaching calls with fellow stepmoms. www.jamiescrimshire.com forward slash membership. Love you guys. We'll chat with you next week.